0: Well, my name is Kevin Sanders for those of you who don't know me and it's my joy to serve as lead pastor here And it's just such a gift to to work alongside pastor curry and allison and all our ministry leaders and volunteers and everyone who makes up this place hope church and uh It's just it's just a gift and now it's my gift to bring us The word of god as we focus in on today's message So to start I want to ask you a question do you guys like mysteries? Yeah, yeah, you know, like a Agatha Christie novel. You know, I read, and then there were none in sixth grade. I had an awesome teacher. I read that recently. I was like, I read that in sixth grade. Good book. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, right? Some Sherlock Holmes stuff. Or my favorite detective, Encyclopedia Brown. Mm-hmm. Party Boys or whatever. Uh, Nancy Drew, there you go, yep. Uh, or you like watching these whodunit shows, right? You like to watch, a, like by the end, you find out who, who did it. You have, maybe you have a deep love for the board game Clue, and that's just what you enjoy doing. But the question is, do we really love mystery? Or do we like mystery that eventually leads to understanding? See, have you ever watched a show— that ends on a cliffhanger, and then they cancel the series. And you're like, why? <laughs> I must know what happens, and you're mad about it still. Or, or you, you have a show that just loves throwing you mystery after mystery after mystery without answers. I'm looking at you lost. I love that show, but it's frustrating because mystery unsolved leaves us frustrated and unfulfilled. Would you agree with that? Mystery unsolved leaves us frustrated and unfulfilled because we want to know. We want to know. We want to be in the know. We want to know it all. And today, we get to talk about what we don't know. But we don't know what we don't know, so how do we talk about it? How do we grasp the mystery of God? Can we grasp? The mystery of God. Well, no, it's a mystery. So what are we doing here? I guess I don't know. It's a mystery. We're in our third week of our God is series. And two weeks ago, Pastor Curry talked about how God is knowable. And today we talk about how he is mysterious and how he is both of those at the same time. The reality is there is more to God that we do not know than what we know. So let's talk about it. To start us off, we're going to turn to uh, the book of Job, chapter 11, verses 7 through 9. So if you have your Bibles, you're invited to turn. There will be on the screen as well. Job 11, 7 through 9. Hear the word of the Lord. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Now this morning, the very first mystery we encounter is the reality that somehow God can use anyone To spread his good news. And I say that because this passage comes from one of Job's friends. His name's Zophar. He's the most direct, insulting, and least empathetic friend of Job's that's recorded in Scripture. After Job basically lost everything, experienced immense suffering, Zophar tells Job that it's Job's fault. He also tells Job that God didn't punish Job harshly enough. We call this guy a friend. But later on, God rebukes Job's friends. We know that, including Zophar. But at the same time, way back here in Job 11, we see Zophar stumbles on a profound truth of our God. God can speak through anything, even a donkey and even Zophar, okay? Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They're deeper than the depths below. What can you know? God cannot be fully comprehended or understood. We may know God truly. That's what Pastor Curry talked about. We may know God truly because he has revealed himself to us, but being finite creatures, we can never know him fully. We could even devote every single minute of every waking hour of every day of our entire lives to this cause. And yet an ant has a better chance of fully understanding a human being than we would have at fully understanding God. As R.C. Sproul says, theologically speaking, to say God is incomprehensible is not to say that God is utterly unknowable. It's to say that none of us can comprehend God exhaustively. Think for a minute about someone in your own life. Think about the person you, you reckon you know the very best out of anybody. Uh, it, might be, it might be a parent. It might be a, a friend, a spouse, or a kid. For some of you, you likely have known this individual for for decades. Think about this person. Do you know everything there is to know about that person? You might know their favorite cereal or their favorite hobby, sports team. You may know what makes them feel loved or the things that gets them worked up and angry. You might even know some of their dreams, their desires, or their hurts, their regrets. But do you think you know everything there is to know about that person? Flip it and ask this. Do you think anyone knows everything there is to know about you? <laughs> Go a little deeper. Do we even know everything there is to know about us? <laughs> I question that. Do Does someone else know the deep things that you think about? Do they know all the random thoughts? that you have do they know how frequently you think about rome for instance it's hard to fathom but at the end of the day there though we are highly complex individuals we humans can be fully known we can be it's not even outside the realm of possibility, in fact, that if one human was to study another human long enough, interviewing them and examining them and all of this, that they could come relatively close to gain the full scope of this, this person. But we don't have to go through any crazy experiment like that because there is one who does know all there is to know about you, and he knew it before he spoke the stars into the sky. God knows you, everything about you, your fullest measure. Look at what David wrote in Psalm 139. This is the same psalm where we get that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's the same psalm where he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wrong way in me, all that stuff. And here at the beginning, he writes this, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And then he says this, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. that amazing? Here's the reality. God, in his infinite knowledge, knows everything there is to know about you. And here David writes, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. We're again reminded that God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And this is David writing this, the man known as a man after God's own heart. He clearly knew God. He knew him well. Read what he writes in the Psalms. He knew God, and yet God still proves to be deeply, deeply mysterious. We spend our lives seeking to know God. In fact, it's in our being, even those who do not profess God as their Lord and Savior still spend their entire lives seeking God god whether they know it or not because the created is forever seeking the creator but no matter how hard we try or how much we pour into it we can never understand the fullness of god as david writes he's too great for us to understand and that can be kind of frustrating can't it I mean, be honest about that. Like, aren't there these questions that you have and these things you want to know about God? And it can be frustrating as we pursue Him. But at the same time, when we work past the frustration, what we find is that's actually a deep comfort. That's a deep comfort. Just imagine if you could know everything about God. We can't really understand our spouse or our kids Right? So in that scope of it, if you can know everything about God, then that means there must not be much to him. Praise God, we can't know everything about God. Augustine, is that how you say that? I always get it wrong. Augustine, 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 whatever, I'll ask God, it's a mystery. (laughs) He wrote this. We are speaking of God. Is it any any wonder if you do not comprehend? For if you comprehend, it is not God you comprehend. Very similar to a quote we had last week, right? Uh, Where where basically we need to fight against the temptation at all costs to put God in a box of measurable means, because he doesn't belong there. He can't there. We can't really fathom knowing something about another fellow human, and we, though we are fearfully and wonderfully made, are very ordinary compared to God. So, back to this question of, if you can know everything about someone, do you want someone else to know every single thing about you? Do you actually want that? Every thought, every action, every mistake, every, everything. I'm going to guess most of you will say no. You know, I don't want people to know that the only time I cry is at kids' movies. I don't want you to know that embarrassing thing that happened to me in elementary school. or I don't want you to know the things I sometimes think or the desires in my head and on and on and on. And I'm guessing you don't either want people to know that. With humans, sometimes what we don't know, we don't want to know. There's this whole thing called sin, which is the reason why we don't want that, right? But with God, we can't know what we don't know about God. We just can't. But what we can know and believe is what we don't know about God is good. That messes with the mind. Stick with me. We got this. That what I mean is there is no darkness hiding in the mystery of God. If what we know about God is true, which it is, then that means that when when it says in Scripture, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. When we read that he is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, all these things, because he's infinitely good, that means all we don't know is also infinitely good. Because of who God is, there are no secrets he holds about himself that are not beautiful and perfect. Isn't that amazing? And it's not just the things about him that we don't know, because there's a lot about God we don't know, don't understand. But the things, it also includes the things we do know about him, for we cannot fathom them to the fullest measure. Take his love, for instance, ones that we probably would say we understand the best, love, right? God is love. That's an attribute of God. It's, it's founded in God. He is love, all of that. But his love for us is frankly impossible for us to understand. We cannot comprehend it to the fullest measure. How could we ever comprehend it? We just sang it, God so loved, he gave his son. Can you comprehend that? I cannot comprehend that. We cannot comprehend even an ounce of all that God is, and as you know, this series—you are going to see the connections between all the messages. This ties a lot to what we talked about last week with God being infinite. Here is R.C. Sproul again: Our finite understanding cannot be contained; cannot contain an infinite subject. Thus, God is incomprehensible. This concept it represents a check and balance to warn us lest we think we have captured. Altogether and mastered in every detail the things of God. Our finitude always limits our understanding of God. And so the mystery of God doesn't just reveal that there's plenty we don't know, it reveals to us our posture and our pursuit of God. See, if we ever catch ourselves thinking that we have come to understand God, we better be ready to fall to our knees and repent, and humbly seek him, and worship him once more. Let's consider Job again. We heard the words of his friends. Now, after being an upright man through life's greatest hardships you could ever fathom, being faithful in the midst of terrible suffering, he was longing for an answer and an audience from God. He demanded answers, and then God responds. And whoa, boy. (laughs) God responds, indeed. Uh, Job 38. We're just going to read the first uh, seven verses of Job 38 here. And this is God's response to Job as he had all these questions from his suffering. The Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, "'Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation?' Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Is that God being sarcastic? Kind of sounds like it. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? And God goes on and on and on for four chapters. God goes on to the question and the problem and the mystery of suffering and pain. God does not give Job a direct answer. He leaves it all a mystery. You and I have a lot of questions about God. You and I have a lot of good questions for God, questions we cannot fully grasp or understand at all, certainly this side of heaven, for the answers are wrapped in the mystery of God. But we still try and answer them anyway. Job, who suffered more than any man and still sought to remain steadfast, if any man deserved an answer to the reality of suffering, it was he, but God does not give him an answer. Because God knows the answer isn't what he needs. What he needs most is a deeper and a better understanding of God's wisdom, God's power, of God's character. In his answer, God reveals there are mysteries beyond human comprehension. For indeed, God's ways are truly inscrutable. But what we learn from God's response to Job it's very important for each of us. We have these questions. I know you guys have these questions. I carry them to you about life, about why things happen, about how they happen, why God allows it, and all this stuff. And, and some of it, we can come to learn to understand through his, his revelation, through his word, through his son, through his spirit. But other questions we carry, we will never know the answer to. And yet, Because of who God is, we can still trust him. Because he has revealed enough of himself to us that we know who he is. We know he's all-powerful. We know he's all-wise. We know we can trust him. His ways are not our ways, and that is such a beautiful and profound and a good thing. Job did not get the answers he was seeking, but he did get the answer he needed. He came face to face with a reminder of who our God is. When you start to get lost in the hard questions of life, draw close and remember what we know about our God. Because we know enough. He has shown us plenty. He has shown us enough. And in response to who our God is, what's the response? It is repentance. It is humility. It is worship. Here's Job's response. Job 42. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears have heard you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. Look at that response. Is that how you respond when you don't get the answer you want? No. As Job says, when we seek to understand the mysteries of God, we speak of things we don't understand. And we won't understand. And also, as Job says, they are too wonderful for us to know. Here is what is beautifully baffling. Like Job and like David, we can seek after God all our days and come to know him. But the more we grow in knowledge of him, the more we see how, incompre- uh, excuse me, how incomprehensible God truly is. You can't say that for anything else. The more you study brain surgery, the more you know about brain surgery. The more you study God, yes, the more you learn about Him, but the more you realize how incomprehensible He really is. It's unlike a whodunit show where the more time we give it to Him, the more understanding comes. With God, the more time studying Him, the more we realize we don't know. And oftentimes in those shows and those books, the ending is very unfulfilling. With God, we don't get the ending, and it is so much more satisfying. Also, unlike other mysteries, when we grow frustrated at not knowing, with God, we grow in trust, we grow in comfort, we grow in the assurance of his words with the mysteries of God. And we also know he knows it all. We don't need to. And he has revealed enough. He has revealed what needs to be revealed for us to live this life to the fullest measure, to give our lives to him, to worship him, to serve him and be a part of furthering his kingdom cause. So like Job and like David, what is our response to the mystery of God? It's worship. It's worship and adoration of God. What a gift that we cannot fully comprehend him. And what a gift that he makes himself known to us at all, let alone so clearly in Jesus. Because of who he is, we can trust him, even when and even because we don't know all there is to know about him. We cannot see the whole scope after all, and praise God, we can't. Can you imagine if we had all knowledge? I believe God put a boundary in place in the garden so that we wouldn't have all knowledge. Think about it this way. Any parent knows there are things our kids cannot comprehend or that they cannot understand. And then there's also those things that we choose to keep from our parents, or excuse me, from our kids out of our deep love and care for their tender little souls. They can't carry some of the things us adults have to carry. The same is true with our God and Father. He does the same for us. There are things we are not meant and cannot know or carry. He knows, and that's enough. The fact God reveals himself at all is such a deeply profound gift. So do not waste it. Come to know the Lord with whom you were created to spend all of eternity with. Do not let the mystery of God be a cop-out for seeking to know God. Draw ever closer to him. Have a heartfelt longing to know truly the one who knows you fully. May that be the case for all of us as we draw close to our God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for what we do know about you, that you are the one true God, that you reign above it all, that all creation cries out in worship to you, as Mackie sang for us. Lord, thank you that you created us in your image, and you created us for your good works and purposes, so that all may worship you, all may find life and being and purpose in you. Thank you that we know, God, that our sin means our death. But because of who you are, you made a way where there was no way. And we now have the hope of heaven for you conquered death and sin for all. We know this because you have sought fit to reveal it to us. So we thank you, God. We thank you for that gift. And we thank you that we don't know it all and we proclaim it now and we even confess that we have tried to know it all, Lord. But we humble ourselves again, just as Job before you to say, we don't understand it all, but what we don't understand, we can believe is wonderful. So Lord, we now turn our eyes to you, to the beauty that we know and the beauty we don't, proclaiming you as our God. We seek you for our help. We seek you to be our guide. We seek you to continue to do what you do. May we trust you, Lord. May we follow you. May we be comfortable with what we don't know as we continue to ever pursue you. Thank you for creating us for yourself pray this all in Jesus's powerful and mighty name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a song and